When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 10th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Brandon Woodruff won 4.1 innings, 5 earned runs, 8 hits, 2 walks, and 6 Ks yesterday. Oh boy, you are not thrilled about Brandon Woodruff. He'll likely fall on the list next week, probably into that secondary tier. Um, Maybe not that far, but it's not great at the moment. Just a couple whiffs on his fastballs? What? That's not it at all. One out of 53 across sinkers and four-seamers. His changeup is still good. Seven over 19 whiffs and a 42% CSW. And I don't really think that his command was overall that bad. It's kind of mysterious to me that it's just not working out in his uh, way thus far. And I kind of would buy low on Brandon Woodruff. Yes, I recognize that if you had Walker Buehler, you're more happy than this, or Carlos Rodon, or whoever you want to say. I I still kind of see Woodruff as one of those workhorses that should have near a 30% strikeout rate and good ratios. So if I, you want to put him underneath, say Rodon for next week, by all means, that's okay. I'm a cool. I'm cool with that. But. I think that Brandon Woodruff is still really good, and I certainly would be buying low here. Uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. did this thing again. 7.1 innings of no-hit ball until he allowed a hit. Four walks with 11 Ks. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon had a really nice tweet talking about how hard it is to hit Nestor Cortez. And maybe I am undervaluing him as I have him in the mid-40s of the list. But honestly, there's he's surrounded by all these really good players at the moment. And there is a sense that Nestor Cortez isn't quite able to sustain this for a long time. I mean, it's pretty recent that we've seen him pitch like this. It was the end of last year and then this. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I remember I remember David Cohn talking about him in 2019 in our podcast with him. So you understand that it's t- taken a while for this to come out and, uh, of Cortez Jr. So I think that you just kind of roll with it and, and be happy. But he's not a 20, top 20 pitcher, I don't think, the rest of the year. It would be great if he were, but it doesn't quite feel like that to me. Uh, Kyle Hendricks did amazing things. Almost got a complete game shutout. One out away from it against the Padres. It does feel like it's just the Padres being really bad at the moment, but he's a cherry bomb still, and that's that. Paul Blackburn is a Toby. Hosen Quintana did this thing against the Dodgers, and I can't believe it, and no, I'm not buying into it. Ranger Suarez showed up. They finally, seven Ks and zero runs in six innings. I I don't really know if necessarily he's going to do uh, the 40% CSW on his sinker moving forward, um, but it, it's, you know, it's Ranger Suarez is maybe going to turn into Ranger Suarez again, and that's pretty cool, but he gets the Dodgers next. And I don't want to go after that because the Dodgers and it just feels too risky. So uh, maybe wait one more week uh, for Ranger Suarez. Um, Michael Kopech did great things yesterday. Seven strikeouts in, in six innings and zero earned runs. Really strange. Zero for nine CSW on his curveballs. <laughs> Three for 27 whiffs on his slider. But fastball was a 38% CSW. It wasn't 94, 95. It was 95, 96, which is much better. I don't know if I love Michael Kobeck just being hyper-dependent on fastballs when it's when it's 95.3 or whatever it was. Is that really the ticket to success for Michael Kopech with sliders uh, returning 60% strikes? I mean, maybe that's enough strikes. Maybe that's it. I'm still a little skeptical. Maybe this is just Kopech gearing up, you know? I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't really know. I think if you have Kopech, you just keep starting with him. 
but it's all very strange to me right now with Kopech, and I just hope it works. That's pretty much all I can say. Uh, John Gray left this game early with uh, knee soreness, which is unfortunate because he finally had a slider, 7 over 30, which is great, and it's at 95-96. I think it's really unfortunate. If he was healthy, I'd be saying, yeah, go ahead, start him against the Red Sox. But if he is pitching that game against the Red Sox, I think I'd do it. Tyler Wells, kind of interesting. Uh, he throws a 93-94 mile per hour fastball. It's okay. Um, I think he's a rare streamer, honestly. Uh, his curve does some things. His changeup is solid-ish. You know, it's, it's pretty good. It's, I think, his best pitch. But I don't really think that he's this good. Maybe he's a desperate streamer. I don't know if against Detroit. If you want to, go ahead. Uh, Noah Syndergaard finally got seven strikeouts, but he had eight base runners in 5.1 innings with a one run. I don't know if I really buy that strikeout rate. I don't think he's going to be a 25% strikeout guy because he kind of never really was that or was flirting with it when he had his amazing slider. Doesn't have that anymore. Um, the the changeup is actually the pitch that's really been the thing for uh, Syndergaard thus far. 7 over 31 whiffs in this one and a nice 68% strike rate. Um, I, I mean, you just keep starting Syndergaard. I think he is a sell high if you have him. I But yeah, I, I think you're not really going to get that much back considering the strikeout rate's been under 20% this year. So whatever. That's cool. Uh, Michael Pineda is running on fumes. I don't understand how he won 6.2 innings. Um, two earned runs, six hits, two Ks, two sorry, two walks, four Ks against Oakland. It's Oakland. Uh, I guess the Orioles next. I mean, fine. I don't. I don't really want to do it. Carlos Rodon is dope and makes his field dope. Had a golden goal. Julio Urias is making it work. He got singled out. Eleven hits in six innings, but two earned runs. You know, put himself in a chance to get a in a position to get a win, but Jose Quintana silenced him to get a loss. I mean, you just keep starting Jose, uh, Julio Urias. I don't think he's going to be an SP one because of the lowered velocity. And he really just went fastball curve, which is kind of interesting in this one. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. Uh, well, I w- sorry, I wouldn't be worrying too much about it. He's just not going to be an SP one. Um, he's in the teens for me, and that's fine. Uh, Humberto Castellanos, no, thank you. Eliezer Hernandez, he didn't make it work second time in a row against the Diamondbacks. That was extreme pick of the day, did not work out. Well, move on. Um, I don't think that he's going to get replaced next tomorrow or something because it was 300 runs in 5.1 innings. But if they do replace him, it might be Edward Cabrera and not Max Meyer. Keep that in mind. Um, Mackenzie Gore went five innings, three earned runs, seven hits, zero walks, and six strikeouts against the Cubs. That works, I guess. Uh, actually, not really. Uh, the ratios aren't very good. Six Ks are cool. He threw curveballs and changeups more than sliders, which is interesting because it was sliders were the predominant secondary pitch before. Fastballs are still really the main thing here. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know how much I buy into the secondaries. They both performed well. 34%, sorry, 44% CSW on the changeup. 30% for the curveball. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, we didn't really see so much consistency with them. And I, I mean, look, if Gore is still starting, you're still holding on to him and everything. He hasn't unlocked his potential, which is so much to ask, of course, if it is this early in the season, right? I mean, he just got his debut. So, yeah, you just hold on to Gore, and when he does go down to the Myers, you don't necessarily need to stash it. That's what I'll say. Uh, Luis Castillo returned. 4.2 innings, 3 and runs, 3 hits, 3 walks, 5 Ks. Nothing really to report here. Velocity was down by 2 ticks, but I think we all kind of expected that considering he had the shoulder stuff before, and he'll ramp up into it. Everything's fine. I'm not going to freak out in the first start for Luis Castillo. I was for Clevenger because it was 2 years, and I, and I moved him down a little bit. I feel like with Castillo, it's more understood about like, all right, this is kind of where he's at. Um, at the moment, it might take one or two starts. He gets the he gets the Pirates next. I think, honestly, he'll be fine. It might just be one start here. Um, and uh, Jeffrey Springs went. A lot of people want to talk about this one because 
he had this really unfortunate inning and that allowed the 300 runs. I don't think that Springs is that excellent. Um, he did much better than I thought he would do. You know, he had changeup whiffs and slide over strikes and whatever, but his low 90s heater is pretty unimpressive to me, and I don't really think that this is a ma- big impact play. For a desperate stream, Jeffrey Springs ain't so bad, but whatever. Zach Plesek finally threw sliders for whiffs again. Nine of them. That's really cool. I I haven't seen a slider do that for a long time. And if it weren't for the foreign runs, honestly, I mean, seven base runners in 6.1 innings is pretty cool, right? If he gets his changeup back now, too, all of a sudden Zach Plesek is pretty awesome. But he's not there yet. So, like, just, just wait, and I'll tell you if it happens. Austin Gomber went to San Francisco. If you remember that last year, it was terrible. And guess what? It was terrible here. So he gets the Royals in cores next. Probably not. It might even be a better situation, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's too risky for your 12 teamers. 15 teamers that you can do worse. Now, Chris Flexen is a Vargas rule, and what do you know? He hit the wall, six and runs, 10 base runners in five innings. Uh, he gets the Mets next. I don't want to do it. Carlos Hernandez, yeah, I'm so sorry. This did not work out for you in six and runs in 4.2 innings. We are not touching Carlos Hernandez. All right, looking forward to today, and I'm going to be looking at today, tomorrow, and Thursday for you guys, um, as that's what we do on Thursdays. Um, so the ranking today is Lucas Giolito, Peralta, Montes Verlander, Nola Ray, Luzardo, Scooble, Wood, Wright, Ryan. I love them all. I really do. I, I don't really see a scenario where I'm not starting any of these. It's not nearly as contentious as some guys we'll talk about for tomorrow. Uh, but in the probably start here, Luis Severino, Carrasco, Clevenger, Gonsolin. Um, I mean, Carrasco looked great against the uh, against Atlanta, and he got the fortune of avoiding the Phillies, which is fantastic. Um, I, I think some people want to put him in the auto start here. I don't think I'm quite there yet with the slider and changeup, but uh, I think this fastball is still way too susceptible. But the slider has been really, really good thus far, and uh, hopefully that's good enough against the Nationals. Uh, for Severino, I honestly just believe that he's good and it hasn't worked out in the last two starts. Uh, I want to see more of the breaker breakers come into action as the cutter and the slider. And I think we'll get that over time while his fastball is fantastic. So I, I think this is still worth your while against the Jays. Now, Mike Clevenger against the Cubs, you just still do it, even though he had 1.5 ticks down. Uh, his velocity and Tony Gonsolin, you just do it against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's going to be possibly like a seven-inning seven game or something amazing. And like, no, but it's going to be probably five and change and good enough. And you're like, yeah, all right, cool. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Gonsolin. Um, the question will start here. You have Garrett Whitlock, Cal Quantrill, Masson Bumgarner, Reed Detmers, Brad Keller, Cal Bradish, uh, Adam Wainwright, maybe tomorrow, um, and then Corey Kluber uh, today, rather. Uh, so Whitlock against the against Atlanta, not ideal, but he looks that good that I would obviously consider him for this. This is all question start. This is all coin flips. We'll see what happens. Cal Quantrill's a Toby. So is Masson Bumgarner and Brad Keller. Kyle Bradish honestly is too against the Cardinals. And Reed Detmers is the stream pick of the day as he goes against the Rays, uh, where if he has a slider, this will be great. If he doesn't, it could be kind of contentious. I don't know if he'll have a slider yet. I hope he does. Adam Wainwright could be coming back from the COVID IL today against the Orioles. So if you do have him on your rosters, I think you put him in to your lineup. Um, but uh, yeah, it could be kind of short and whatnot. So up to you. But I think I'm doing it. And Corey Kluber against the Angels could honestly be the do not start here. Um, but he has had a good run with his cutter and curveball lately. And they do not start tier. Martin Perez is kind of a Bart Vargas rule. I think this would be the third one, if not the fourth, um, against the Royals. So I can see if you want to put him in the questionable start tier. 
I just don't really buy that it's going to last very long, so I just have him and do not start. Yusei Kikuchi just did really well against the Yankees. Can you do it a second time? Probably not. Uh, Wade Miley returns from the IL against the Padres, and that's a still ill. Hunter Green has not looked good for a while, and he just left four runs to the Brewers, and now he gets them again. No thanks. Patrick Corbin, no thank you. And Sensatella, no thank you. Alex Fiedo's going for the Tigers. I don't want to do that. Um, Bryce Wilson's going against the Dodgers, and Adrian Martinez is going against the Tigers. Uh, if you don't know who he is, it does not matter. Don't start him against uh, the Tigers. Uh, tomorrow, 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 you have Shoei Otani, Alcantara, McClanahan, McGill, Evaldi, Gilbert, Kelly, Cobb, and Barrios going in that top tier. I know the bottom of that tier, Barrios, you're like, what? He's been so bad. He's the great undulator, though, guys. And for me, I start Barrios against anybody because it doesn't matter who his opponent is. If he has the stuff, he has the stuff, and it's going to be great. And I, if you have Barrios on your team, you just start him through the entire year. He's one of the very few guys you just lock in and you just say, nope, I'm gonna, I, I believe in this for the full year. Honestly, he's only really had like two bad starts, and his last start was the bad one. I think you just start him. Uh, Alex Cobb looked really good in his last one. Looked like his normal, amazing self that we've been waiting for. And now he gets Rocky Road inside of San Francisco? Absolutely. Uh, the one I'm actually kind of wondering if I should have dropped more is Logan Gilbert against Philly, considering that he didn't have a secondaries last time. He kind of caught up to him in his last start, and now he gets a tough start against the Phillies. But I think it's that would be too reactionary, and you should let it go and just start him anyway. Um, probably start to your Miles Michaelis against the Orioles. I mean, he's not going to get the strikeouts, but yeah, you're going to do that. Jose Kiki against the Twins. I think he's going to have to do it. Uh, Chad Cool has been throwing amazing sliders last four starts now, and he, he's a right-hander going into San Francisco. I think that's beneficial to him. Uh, Ian Anderson against the Red Sox. I know some people might want him in the questionable starts. It's to your same with James and Tyone against the, the Jays. Ian Anderson, to me, is kind of a cherry bomb, but I'm leaning more on the cherry side, considering that he's passed his initial bad starts. And the Red Sox are really struggling. Um, James and Tyone did really well against the Jays last time, just as a Toby. And I think he can do it again for a win chance. If you have James and Tyone, you're going to start him. And Nick Martinez is our streaming pick of the day, and it's a probably start one. Uh, I would do this against the Cubs. He went seven innings, one run last time out. Um, against the Marlins, while he's not at his best self, he's not throwing 93-94 with sliders for whiffs and everything, I really think this is going to help out your team, so I would do it. In the questionable start tier, I know Adrian Hauser against the Reds is here, but it's a coin flip, and it didn't go our way last time against the Reds, but it's still the Reds, so I would still do it. Um, Aaron Savali against the White Sox. Look, he threw 30% curveballs and 30% cutters last time out. That's exactly what I've been chasing for a long time with Aaron Savali, and it wasn't all the way successful, but it was pretty successful. Just didn't have the earned runs that you wanted. It goes against the White Sox, who were bad against right-handers. I think this could work. Vince Velasquez is on the other side of that, and he's gotten a lot more whiffs lately, and the Guardians aren't too scary. So all three of those are weird coin flips. They do not start to. You could argue that Zach Logue is also a coin flip against the Tigers. I just think the coin flip doesn't benefit you as much as you want it to. So... I'm not necessarily doing that one. Spencer Watkins is the same way against the Cardinals. Brady Singer is returning, and so are a lot of these young guys. I'm just avoiding all of them. Really, I just don't want to do Brady Singer, Chris Archer, Ryan uh, Papillo, uh, AJ Alexi, Joey Wentz, Mark Lyer Jr., Aaron Sanchez, Vladimir Gutierrez, Bailey Falter, and Bo Salsler. Yeah, you just just don't do it. Just don't do it. And looking forward uh, to to Thursday, because on, th- on Thursday is when I'm going to review for the entire weekend, but just to get a head start on that one. We don't have too many games uh, Keegan Aiken uh, going against the Cardinals. No, thank you. Clark Schmidt against the White Sox. No, thank you. Dylan Cease on the other side of the, obviously. Bo Brisky against the Athletics. Ugh, that's such a... Ah, no. Uh, John Heasley against Texas. No. Uh, Josh Winder against the Astros. I would consider that one. That's a high of questionable is what I would say. 
Luis Garcia on the other side, I would say probably start. Uh, James Caprillion is at the top of questionable as well against the Tigers. He's a Toby eventually, and he might. I think he did do the thing last time out. Um, Taylor Hearn against the Royals, no thanks. Tom Walker against the Nationals, no. I, lowered velocity last time, and I'm really, really terrified of it. Yeah, Caprillion went, Caprillion went seven strikeouts and in five innings against the Twins last time out. So I probably would... Yeah, he's going to be the top of questionable star, I think, above Widener. Um, Winder, I should say. I always want to add the Widener. <laughs> um, Christopher Sanchez against the Dodgers, no thank you. Juan Adon against the Mets, nope. Connor Overton, the 2001 pounder. He's over a ton against the Pirates. No, thanks. Uh, JT Brubaker on the other side, though. He's going to be the questionable start here against the Reds. Um, Jordan Hicks against the Orioles. I think he's going to be questionable as well as he gets more stretched out against the, the Orioles. And Tyler Anderson against the Phillies is bottom of questionable start. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this, you find this very helpful. And as always, just, you know, I'll see you around the site. I'll see you on Twitter. And uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. So my name is Nick Pollock. May your babips be low and your strikeouts high.